Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Score! The Cards win! The Cards win! They walk them off! The Cards win! And they see new life here in Omaha! You're listening to the 3rd and Central Podcast. Powered at the state of Louisville. Welcome to another episode of the Third and Central Podcast, the only podcast dedicated solely to the University of Louisville baseball. This is your host, Matt Sefkovic, joined by Aaron Turner. Aaron, I know we just talked eight days ago, and there's only been two games since then, but a lot going on. There's a lot to talk about. Before we dive into that, how is everything going? Man, I am excited. It's playoff time. Summer's here. Couldn't be better. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You know, we just watched the selection show earlier today. We'll get into that here in just a little bit, but couldn't be a better time here in Louisville. Playoff baseball is back at Jim Patterson Stadium, and it's a good time to be a Louisville Cardinal fan. That's so, for sure. I'm excited. Um, so kind of where how we got where we are. Like I said, we just talked not too long ago, but we've had a lot going on. Louisville right now at the end of the season after the ACC tournament ended, with a record of 38-18-1. and one. We had that pesky tie with Wake Forest. That's just kind of weird to type that out. Um, after they, they did drop both games in the ACC tournament, with a, so they ended with an aggregate record of 18-13-1 in the ACC. These numbers don't really matter anymore because the, the field has been set, but they finished with a RPI of 17 and a strength of schedule of 21. I will say that's not too bad for a team that was picked to finish fourth in their division, yeah. right? <laughs> yep. I, I said last time we talked, we said, don't doubt Dan McDonald because this, this is what happens when you do. Yeah, the chip's been on his shoulder all season, so it's looking like we're finally starting to pay off. It is, and I, I'm excited. Uh, even though we had a rough showing down in Charlotte, the NCAA tournament begins here Friday, and I'm excited about it. But in Charlotte – Louisville ended up with the two seed in the ACC after winning the Atlantic. They were paired with Georgia Tech, the seven, and Pittsburgh, the 11. Didn't play Georgia Tech in the regular season, but Pittsburgh beat us twice up there at their place. So Pitt and Georgia Tech played on Tuesday. Basically, Louisville just had to beat the winner of that game to advance to the semifinals. Pitt upset Georgia Tech, so Louisville played Pitt Wednesday morning, all they had to do was beat the 11th seed, uh, 11th seed without their ace. And like last time in Pittsburgh, Louisville just couldn't get it done. You know, Dalton Rushing did everything he possibly could to keep Louisville in the game. He had two home runs, and I think he had three RBIs that game. But it, it just wasn't enough. You know, coaching staff took a little bit of heat because they didn't start Poland in the game. They decided to keep the ace, you know, keep him fresh. But when it came down to it, Louisville gave up one run in the bottom of the seventh, the bottom of the eighth, and then the walk-off single by Pitt in the bottom of the ninth to effectively eliminate Louisville from the ACC tournament. Yeah, I don't know where you stand on the whole Jared Poland thing. I didn't mind 
uh, saving him. I, I thought that, you know, we were set with having him come out of the bullpen and, you know, hindsight's 2020 now that it didn't work out, but still looking back on it, I really didn't mind that move from McDonald at all. No, I agree. It's one of those things that if it works out, everybody's jumping and screaming, you know, Dan McDonald's a wizard, you know, he saved his ace and it doesn't work out and everybody's jumping up and down screaming. Why didn't he start his ace? So you can't win. Um, I'm okay with it going into it. You, you want to win the games, obviously, but going into the ACC tournament, a national seed was already locked up. Louisville's going to get a top 16 seed. I'm not saying you go down there and throw the games, and then they didn't do that. But I don't think you had as much pressure on you as some of the other teams did to to win games in order to play postseason baseball. For sure. And kudos to Pitt because they had our number all season and they played some good baseball against us. And you know what? That happens sometimes. They did. They um, they were a pesky little bunch. You know, I, I think if they had one more starting pitcher, I think Pitt would probably be an NCAA tournament team this season. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So I want to move forward here to Georgia Tech. Yeah, that game was basically meaningless. Well, it wasn't meaningless, but it was meaningless in terms of ACC a uh, conference championship play. It had some big ramifications on RPI. Georgia Tech really needed that win to solidify their tournament uh, resume. Louisville ended up dropping in the RPI after that loss. It ended up being a 9-4 loss, and we really couldn't figure out Marquise Grissom Jr. He's been an, a guy who Georgia Tech has counted on that they've seen potential in, but he had an ERA over five all season, and he we made him look unhittable. He through five shutout innings and looked really good against us. That Georgia Tech offense did their job. And, you know, even then, we still had some bright spots that game. I really like seeing uh, multi-hit games from Brandon Anderson, Dalton Rushing, Jack Payton. And then we had scoreless innings, too, from Carter Loman, Caleb Corbett, and Riley Phillips out of the bullpen. And I think that those guys right there are going to be huge uh, come regionals and potentially super regionals. You know, that's one thing that stood out to me, like you said, with Grissom on the mound. When I saw that he was throwing against Louisville on Thursday, I really thought we had a good chance to win the baseball game just because, you know, Louisville ha- doesn't have as strong of a bullpen and rotation we've had in the past. But when you see a guy on the mound that's got an elevated ERA up against an offense like Louisville had, I, re- I really did like our chances going into the game. Didn't, didn't turn out our way, but that's baseball. It happens sometimes. Yeah, that's for sure. And once again, kudos to Georgia Tech. They played played a good game, and that happens. Yeah. So yesterday, Sunday, the NCAA tournament host sites were announced. The way the college baseball works, just because it's kind of hard to keep up with this stuff year in and year out, on Sunday, the day after the conference championships, they announced the 16 host sites. They don't announce any seating or any pairing schedules, anything like that. They just announced who the 16 host sites were going to be. So on Sunday, we did find out that Louisville would be one of them. And then on Monday, the full bracket came out, which was announced that Louisville was a 12th seed. Aaron, after everything we've seen, the resume, the RPI, strength of schedule, all that, what, what do you think about a 12th seed for Louisville? Do you, do you think that's fair? Do you think they should have been a little higher, lower? Where do you think they fell? I think 12 is right about where we should be. I After this weekend and seeing how things uh, shook up in the SEC tournament, ACC tournament, and things really didn't go our way in terms of moving up into the top eight, I kind of thought that we would be somewhere in the 10 to 12 range, and that's exactly where we were at. 
you know, I can't complain about that. And, you know, we're just going to move forward. If we had a chance at top eight, that, that's all right. I feel good with 12 too. Yeah. I, I, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think 10 to 12 is really exactly where I thought we were going to be. I was actually messaging a couple of people last night, just about kind of what I thought, what they thought. And I originally said, I think Louisville would be at the 10. And then I messaged back later. I was like, you know what? I think we're going to be at 10 to 12, somewhere around that ballpark. So kind of fell right where I thought we would. And, you know, honestly, the ACC had a pretty strong showing in the field. I think four host sites. We had what Miami is the six. Virginia Tech was the four. North Carolina, the 10, who is hot right now. And Louisville came in at the 12. Uh, we had nine teams overall in the ACC, which was the most tied with the SEC, who also had nine. But there's been, there's been a lot of controversy, and a lot of it is revolving around ACC schools. I want to get your thoughts on a couple of those. You know, you could look at any any publication really across the country, any prediction site that had anything out before the tournament was announced. Notre Dame was hosting and most of the time Notre Dame was a top eight national seed. Not only were they not a top eight seed, they're not hosting period. What, what do you make from that? Uh, you know, I was shocked to say the least. I was very shocked when I saw that at first, but hearing some people from the committee talk about it, it seems like every year they hone in on something different. And this year, it kind of felt like we were looking at non-conference strength of schedule. And Notre Dame was way down there. And, you know, I guess that that's what the committee was looking at. And that's how they ended up at a two. I know that Notre Dame also had three less ACC games played as well, which doesn't help their chances either of hosting. So I was a little shocked, but you know, I'm also a little happy that there are two. <laughs> not, not only are they a, a two seed, they also got Texas Tech as their three seed. That's just rough. Um, you know, they're in Georgia Southern's Georgia Southern is their one. So I would say that is probably the weakest one out there, but having Texas Tech as your three, that is a, that's a pretty brutal first game for the Irish. Uh, not to mention that Statesboro Regional was paired up with Tennessee, so yes, whoever right. makes it out of there most likely is heading to Knoxville. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> not only Notre Dame, I guess the the first team that was really out that has really caused a big uproar was NC State. They finished the season with the RPI of 32. But again, like you said, Aaron, their non-conference schedule was 181st in the country. I think the most frustrating thing about this is the coaches really don't know year to year what the committee is going to be looking for. You know, last year it was RPI. They basically just went down the RPI and said, okay, the top RPI teams you're hosting below that, you are going to be the at-large verse. This year, if you had a elevated non-conference strength of schedule, you got penalized for that. Well, the coaches don't know that year in and year out. One thing that I found fascinating today, and I didn't know this, I don't know who makes up the committee, but Mike Martin Jr. was talking about it, and he was basically saying it was criminal how NC State didn't make the tournament. But I didn't realize that there is no ACC representation on the College Baseball Selection Committee. Which wow, I didn't know that. I don't understand how – I don't. well, first off, I don't know how that works. But how is the second-best – 
conference in college baseball, how is there no representation? There's no athletic directors. There's no one from any universities, you know, representing their universities on the committee. I just don't understand how that happens. No, I'm with you there. And I do feel like NC state had a very solid resume heading into today. I thought that they had a shot, but also what I noticed as we were going through the selection show and then through this week, this past weekend as well, is that it kind of felt like the bubble was shrinking a lot. There were several bids that were stolen. Uh, Missouri State coming out of the Missouri Valley uh, kind of took that bid away from Dallas Baptist. So now the Missouri Valley is a two-bid conference. Uh, UNCG took a bid out of the SOCON from Wofford. thought that Wofford had a really strong case. I believe they were at 35 in RPI. I thought they should have been in as well. Uh, so it was definitely definitely a tough year for all teams that were on the bubble. Yeah, it was a – I think you hit the nail on the head too where the bubble started to shrink. You know, you've got teams that, like Alabama that finished the season really strong, had a really tough showing in the SEC tournament. You know, they're sitting at home. But such as baseball, you know, Louisville was there last year. You've got what two of the teams, NC State and the champion from last year, Mississippi State, both in Omaha last year, and they're at home right now. So it's a it's a crazy game, and I'm I'm glad we're on the the right end of it going into the postseason this year. I agree. And uh, what what were your thoughts on Ole Miss sneaking into the tournament? <laughs> you know, I I didn't think they were going to make it. You know, they've they've got the numbers; they're in the SEC, but. I, I don't know where the, let's see. I don't not a hundred percent sure where their RPI ended up, but I think they were one of the teams that NC State probably should have been in over them based on their body work. I think NC State had seventeen aggregate um, ACC wins after the ACC tournament, so I just don't know how you leave a team like that out and put a team like Ole Miss in. But that's neither here nor there. I want to remind you about our newest partner here on the State of Louisville Podcast Network. What's next with Eric Wood? It's a podcast you can find anywhere you get your shows from. Each week, Eric sits down with a guest across many different landscapes, not just sports, everything uh, top to bottom that you can imagine. Athletes, former coaches, current coaches, uh, business leaders, all kinds of different people to talk about what it looks like to be successful in life and putting the best foot forward, specifically in the transitions of life. Obviously, if you know Eric's story, he played in the NFL for several years before suffering a neck injury that led him into early retirement. Eric's passion and Eric's goal with the podcast is to help people make the next best step in their life. Check that podcast out anywhere you get your podcast from. That's What's Next with Eric Wood. We will be right back. And what we are all here for, what's most important, is the Louisville region starting on Friday. So we all know that Louisville got the one seed. The two seed is Oregon from the Pac-12. Michigan is our three from the Big Ten. And then Southeast Missouri State, who surprisingly won the OVC over the weekend. I was actually looking at that, Aaron. I didn't realize that that was played in Lexington. I don't know they were playing at the Legends Ballpark. I don't know why. I don't know what the – I guess you've got EKU here. I'm not, I'm not sure. But, anyways, they are the winners of the OVC, and that is how they got the bid into the tournament. So, Aaron, what do you think about the region? You kind of stack it up against some of the other 
regions and teams that were placed. What, what do you think about having Southeast Missouri State, Michigan, and Oregon coming in? I honestly really like our draw. Looking at the other regions, some of them are a gauntlet. And not to say that anything is easy here because it's not, but I really think that this is favorable towards us. And I will also go on a limb and say that this regional has a chance to be the regional that puts out the highest offensive production. <laughs> all, all four of these teams have some stacked lineups. The ball will be flying at Jim Patterson this weekend. <laughs> Not only do they have stacked offensive lineups, but there's a lack of <laughs> pitching depth. Yep. So, uh, there, if you're a fan of college baseball and you like offense and you like runs, tune in to Louisville this weekend. <laughs> you will be a happy fan. Yeah, it's going to be a good weekend for, for the offense-happy fans. <laughs> so the schedule this weekend, well, for Friday, Louisville and Southeast Missouri will play at 2 o'clock on Friday. Oregon and Michigan will play the night cap at 7. I know there's been some chatter about that, about Louisville playing at 2 and not playing at 7 and yada, yada. But there's a couple There's a different couple different mindsets that you play it too you get to rest you know you get a little bit of time off until a little more time until you play on saturday the flip side of that if you play at night louisville typically wears black jerseys on fridays you aren't sitting out in the heat in the month of june in kentucky in black jerseys so there's two different ways you can look at it neither one's right or wrong you could look at all the regions they're all going to be flip-flop but Needless to say, Louisville plays Southeast Missouri State Friday at 2 o'clock, and we can't change it. So it is what it is. So jumping into Southeast Missouri State, like Aaron was saying, there's going to be a lot, there's a potential to be a lot of runs scored in this game. They finished with a 37 and 20 record. They actually had a much higher RPI than I thought at 64, but their strength of schedule was down at 144. Of their 37 wins, 22 of them came against quad four teams. So not a ton of quality wins. They did win the series against Dallas Baptist to open the season. They had a midweek win over Ole Miss. So they they had a couple of decent um, games this season. They Four batters over 300. They're hitting 272 as a team. But they did hit a bunch of home runs. They hit 95 this season. So they'll, you know, depend on how they finish here, they could hit that 100 number by the end of the season. Depends on how many games they play in Louisville. Team ERA above five and a half, though, we're probably going to see their ace, Jason Rackers. He's six and three with a 445. But beyond that, they've got one guy out of the bullpen, Kyle Miller, with a 291 ERA. They use him all the time. He's had 23 appearances on the season. So we're probably going to see a combination, I would imagine, Jason Rackers and then Kyle Miller followed behind him if it, if it's a game i think if we if we get to their starter early they'll probably try to save their bullpen as much as they can to try to win a game on saturday but that's kind of what we're getting into i think louisville has the potential to score a ton of runs you know era of five and a half as a team with the potent offense that we've got i think it could be an exciting game friday afternoon yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to that one thing louisville has potential to put up 10 15 runs there and then, you know, I want to move forward into the nightcap for Friday. First, we will start with Oregon, which Oregon reminds me very much of, of Louisville. They come in with a record of 35 and 23 and a 18 and 12 record in Pac-12 play. They also went 0-2 in the conference tournament. They lost to Arizona and Arizona State and got bounced early. 
their RPI uh, comes in at 28. Uh, just a little brief history on Oregon. Their program came back in 2009, had a little hiatus there where they didn't play for 20, 30 years. Historically, they were 13 and 10 in regional play. And last year, they actually hosted a regional up in Eugene before getting bounced in the regional championship. Uh, you know, like Louisville, they have six of their regulars in their lineup who are hitting 300 or better. They've got one guy who's hitting over 400. And they are lacking an ace. Uh, all their starters come in with an ERA over five. So they got some good bullpen arms, but it's going to be a challenge for them to try and, and get from, you know, the start of the game to those bullpen arms. And then for their opponent, Michigan, we saw them earlier in the season. That was the blizzard game. Uh, <laughs> everybody knows by now. Uh, so they come in with the Big Ten automatic bid. They beat Rutgers in the Big Ten championship with a record of 32 and 26 on the year and 12 and 12 in conference. They got hot at the right time. Uh, RPI at 61. Uh, this, this season against Michigan, Louisville went two and one. That one loss being the Blizzard game. And Michigan historically, or at least in recent years, has been a very good postseason team they were the 2019 runner-ups at the college road series to vanderbilt uh, so eric backage is bringing in a hot squad to louisville and i would expect them to keep that rolling yeah i think we've got two quality opponents i don't think any of them come in here to outmatch louisville but i think we've got i think louisville's going to have their hands full I, th- I think we will see poland probably throw on friday against southeast missouri state dan is not one to throw off generally in the past especially when he doesn't have anybody behind him that i think he's 100 percent confident in you know i think if a situation a couple of years ago in 2020 where if you had detmers and miller you know you still had two first round picks and if you, if you don't throw detmers okay we're gonna put bobby we're gonna roll bobby miller out there on the mound good luck with that simo you know what i'm saying but you know we don't have that luxury this year so i think we'll probably see poland and honestly, he threw last Wednesday, and he threw, what, two-thirds of an inning. So I think he, he should be fresh. And one thing, watching McDonald's, pre, McDonald's press conference today, I think the biggest thing from him is that he is looking for energy out of this team. And he's quoting and talking about the Energy Bus book by John Gordon, which – I'm not going to get all nerdy here on a Louisville baseball podcast and talk about John Gordon, but if you haven't read it, it's a very good book. But basically it's just, you know, he's wanting the team to show the energy. He talked about the 2007 team did, you know, back the first run when Louisville was a three seed, won a regional, then they won a super and just the energy that they showed in the dugout and just kind of how the whole team came together at that point. Not that, we're a three seed or that we're playing from behind, you know, we're a one seed we're hosting, but he talked about how they were a little more flat in the ACC tournament than he had hoped. So I think that is a big thing. There's big red tickets for the energy bus that are all around the locker rooms and down in, you know, underneath Jim Patterson stadium, everything like that. So he's playing it up. He's trying to get the guys juiced up for Friday. Hopefully the, Fans come out. I know it's a two o'clock game, but you know, hopefully, Jim Patterson Stadium is rocking Friday at two o'clock to get a a big win for Louisville to advance in the regional here. 
Yeah, for sure. If you you can go out to Jim Patterson and support the guys, because like you said, it's all about energy. And, you know, if we all bring the energy, then I'm, I can almost guarantee that they will too. And they're going to bring it this weekend. Yeah. And one thing with Louisville getting the 12th seed, if they were to advance from the regional, they are paired with Texas A&M. We'll talk a little bit that, about that in a minute. But I think that could be a dangerous pairing just because I think Texas A&M right now is one of the hottest teams in the country. And going down to College Station, taking on Texas A&M, what Jim Sloshnagel has been able to do in one season, taking that team from not making the tournament last year all the way to a five seed this year, I think is pretty impressive. And if it weren't for Virginia Tech and Coach Chef down there, I think Schlossnagel would probably be up there and um, for the National Coach of the Year running. But, Aaron, who else is down there with them in Texas A&M? Uh, down at, at uh, College Station, we have TCU is the two, Louisiana is the three, and Oral Roberts is the four. Uh, nothing really jumps out to me there is anything that should be too challenging for A&M. Yeah. So if everything works out like it should, then we will be traveling to College Station, which that is an intimidating place to it play is. a baseball game. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough place to, to play a game. And one thing about the college baseball committee and basketball committee, they all do it too, is you can tell they have a sense of humor. Because you know, Schlossnagel came over from TCU to play or to coach at Texas A&M this year and then just happened to be, you know, there, I can't imagine how else TCU got placed in College Station this year. So, um, I, you know, I'm sure that'll be a tough ticket to get this weekend just to, to get in there and see if TCU can pull the upset off. I would love for, more than anything for that to happen because if Louisville were to advance, then Louisville would host the super regional here at Jim Patterson stadium. So and I've, I've had a couple people asking about that too. And I know the baseball, like I said, it's kind of tough to keep up with Louisville can host a super this year, the way they would do that. If they would have to obviously win the region, the regional they're hosting, and then someone in the other region besides Texas A&M would have to win. So TCU, Louisiana, or Oral Roberts, would have to come out of College Station in order for Louisville to host a Super Regional. So I think that's all we got for you tonight. A lot going on right now with college baseball. Uh, tournament starts on Friday at 2 o'clock with Louisville in southeastern Missouri State. Aaron, what do you got for anything else you got for us tonight? I got nothing. Just come out and support the boys this weekend. It's going to be a rocking weekend at Jim Patterson. Let's let's show up and show out. I think that's the biggest thing. We haven't had postseason baseball here since 2019. I think, you know, I'd love to see that place packed. You know, Coach McDowell talked about that a little bit today, just, you know, having a, you know, playing under big-time atmosphere with the stadium packed full of people. So I think um, that that's the biggest thing right now. The, the players feed off of it. When he's talking about the energy bus, the, the, if the fans are there – they're feeding into it. The player, the dugout's feeding into it. It just, it just makes for a, a fun, rocking environment. So, anyways, enough of that. Aaron, tell us where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, you can find me at Louisville Baseball Alumni Report. That's at Elville BSBL Alum, or you can follow my personal account at AJTRN22. And you can find me at CardChronicle.com with Mike. 
You can find me on Twitter at Matt Sefkovic. And in the words of Sean Moth, we will see you at the ballpark Friday at 2 o'clock. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.